I, I want us to get in the Word, and, and uh, uh, but but I, I just I want to make a couple of. Uh, like qualifying statements, okay? Qualifiers. Uh, I just want you to understand something that God's word is true. I want, I, want, I want you to say that with me. Say, God's word is true. Say it again. God's word is true. Say it one more time. God's word is true. You, you know, what the enemy wants to do is convince you that, that's, you know, think about it. Go, go back in, in the beginning, you know, of the book and you find out that the, that the first, you know, encounter that the enemy had with humankind was a, a, an attempt to convince them that what God said wasn't true. Well, that's his game plan, folks. You know, it's to get you to not believe what God says. See, because if, the, if he can get you to believe what God, or get you to not believe what God says, then he can talk you out of what God's word will talk you into. See, and, and, uh, and in, our, in our society and in our culture, we, we need to be very careful uh, because if, if, we, if we swing away from the word of God, okay, so, so like if part of the Bible isn't true, then the whole thing's wrong. Okay, like, like if we find that part of the Bible isn't true, I'm done. You, you know, I'll go do something else because, uh, uh, and I promise you, you're, you're not going to find, you're not going to find that God's word isn't correct. Okay, you're just not going to find it. But, but, the, but the enemy, the enemy knows that if, if he can convince you that this part isn't true, like that doesn't apply anymore. Well, then he has weakened your ability to stand on the rest of it as well. And it won't be long till you begin to walk away from even the biblical truths that you thought that you possessed. It's like, well, you know, and we get this mindset, well, you know, I know I'm not perfect. See, and that's like this big old honking cop-out that church people use because they say, well, you know, I'm not perfect. And God, God, God knows my heart. Well, see, here's the problem is God knows your heart. And, 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 and you would think that that might, would be to your advantage, but when you're saying I'm not perfect, what you're saying is that God has left you incomplete. And, and the Bible says, be ye perfect even as he is perfect. Right? Like, like uh, he, he gave the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. Like his intention is to bring you to a state of perfection. It's not like he expects much, just perfection. And perfection isn't the fact that you never make a mistake. A per, uh, perfection is a position that you're never lacking anything. Okay, and, and so, uh, but, but, you know, well, God, God knows I'm not perfect, and so, you know, I, I wander around out there in this area of my life, but, but you know, I, uh, you know, it's like during the song, Jesus, we love you, I mean, and, man, you know, and, and I just get warm and fuzzy, and, and I love Jesus, but I'm going to tell you something, that if, if, if Jesus isn't changing the way you do in your life, you're loving him wrong, right, and, and remember, remember the woman, uh, 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 she was caught, in the act of adultery, and they brought her out, and, and, and they're wanting, you know, uh, you know they, they, they got a scheme going, you know, you need to go read it, and they got a scheme going, but they're trying to, you know, catch Jesus like on a speed bump or something, and, and because, you know, hey, this is wrong, and, and everybody knows it's wrong, so we're going to bring her out here, and we're going to stone her to death, and we're going to ask Jesus, like, to throw the first stone or something, and, and remember what he does is he starts writing in the dirt, and, and, and uh, there's a thousand great messages on that, but, uh, you know, what was he doing down there? I don't even want to go there because uh, that's not the point. But by the time he's done, it says that from the oldest to the youngest that they all left. And, and, and he stands up and he looks at the woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? 
you know, where, where's, where's, where's your accusers? And, well, you know, you're the only one. And, he, and, and basically he said, well, I'm, I'm not here to accuse you. I'm not here to condemn you. Uh, so go and sin no more. He didn't tell her, hey, it's okay. Uh, I got you covered. Just do whatever you want. No, he said, you got to stop living that way. But I, I'm, I'm not bringing condemnation to you. I'm bringing liberty and freedom to you. And I'm telling you that what the world wants you to think is that it's just okay. That, that, that it's like, well, that doesn't really apply anymore. And I'm telling you that, no, you, you got to embrace the Word of God. You know, there's basic tenets of faith that, that, that are in the Word of God that you, like, like you, you just, you know, you know, for example, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. See, and it's like, hey, you have to embrace that reality. That's just a truth right out of the Word of God. And you got to say, okay, man, I'm a believer. I believe the Word of God. And, and, uh, uh, but we have a society, a culture that's trying to disprove that all the time. And, and uh, you know, an, another tenet of faith, uh, God created man in his image and in his likeness, and he created them male and female, two genders, male and female. Well, look at what the world's trying to do with that, you know, theology and trying to twist that and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe God didn't know what he's doing when he made you. And I know I'm supposed to be really, really careful here because I might offend somebody. But I'm going to read you in just a minute what Jesus said to, about church people who got offended. Um, you know, because it's, it's like, well, I'll get there in a minute. Uh, 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 marriage is a sacred covenant relationship held between a man and a woman. Well, that, that, you know, you know, you know we, we can't all just like, you know, I, 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 I'm only human. Well, that's, that might be part of your problem. You, then you should be born again. Because it, once you're born again, you're not only human. Now you're superhuman, right? Now, now you've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, alive and well on the inside of you, and you can actually do the things that God's called you, qualified you to do. But here's the deal, though, is like if you, if you take a part of God's word and say, well, that, I'm going to let that one go. You know, I'm just going to set that one to the side. The problem is, is that every other part of the word that you attempt to embrace, you're in risk of losing it. Okay, Mark 4.24 says this. It says, be careful what you hear. For the same measure that ye meet, it shall be measured back to you. And to him who has shall more be given. And to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. Well, what's that talking about? Be careful what you hear. You want to be careful what you're listening to. You want to be careful to the word that you're building your life on. You, you don't just take anything in and say, well, that's God. And, and even if somebody's got Jesus in front of their name. Like, like, like can I just tell you? Like, you, 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 don't, you don't want to just take what I say and, and just say, okay, I'm just going to do whatever Pastor Tom says. What are you, nuts? You'll be out washing my car in a minute. You, you know, you need to thank God that, that you serve God, not me. Right? I mean, you remember back in the day when, when we'd come to the altar singing, I surrender all? I've often thought about what it would be like if I was God. Because, you know, you sing an I surrender all. Here's the problem is that Christians are fickle. They come down the aisle singing I surrender all, and then they pick it all back up and carry it out with them. Well, see, if I was God when you were coming down the aisle singing I surrender all, I'd have a U-Haul at your house getting it all. When you got back, you'd have nothing. Where'd it go? You surrender it all. Yeah, I just take it now. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we got we to get this thing that, that man, I'm telling you, you, you want to you make sure that that's, the, you know, everything I say, you better go home and open up the book and make sure I'm telling you the truth. 
I mean, it's not my intention to lie to you, but I'm going to tell you something. You better validate everything that you're building your life on because you don't get to stand before God and say, well, Tom said, because he ain't going to ask you what Tom said. He's going to ask you, what did I say? You, you, need, you need to know the word of God. And he said, that's why you got to be careful what you hear. You got to be careful with what you hear. And he said to him who has, and that word here is understand and to comprehend. So you want to make sure that, you, that your understanding of what he said is what he said, not what you hope he said. You know, it's like getting in a group of your friends and asking them, well, um, uh, what do you think he meant when he said that? Well, frankly, Scarlett, what you think he meant is none of my interest. I don't want to know what you think he meant. I want to know what he meant when he said that. Okay. And he said to him who has understanding, more will, you know, to him who has revelation, to him who is receiving rhema, more rhema is coming. But to him who won't receive the information, even the information he has can be taken from him. Oh, well, we don't have to have purity in our relationships these days. Really? It won't be long till your salvation's not even at risk because your salvation's based on the word too. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to rip you off. And not just so that you don't have what God's intended for you to have, but so that you can't do what God's you know, empowered you to do. See, so that you'll live a life that's blind. And, you know, this, this, you know I'm not talking that, you know, your physical sight's going to go away. I'm talking about your spiritual sight. So you won't be able to see. And when you can't see, well, see, if, if you can't see what you need to see, then you can't go where you need to be. And you can't touch what you need to touch because you can't see it. But when you can see what you couldn't see before, you can go where you couldn't get before, you can reach what you couldn't touch before, you can accomplish what you couldn't even start before. And he said, here's the deal, is that I will multiply into your life. He said the same thing about money. Remember, it's the same principle about money. And when he gave the, you know, the parable of the people with the talents, talent was a form of money. And when they, when they multiplied it, he said, to him who has will more be given, to him who has not. To him who has what? Money? No, the ability to steward what I put in his hand. So if you can steward what I put in your hand, then I can multiply what's in your hand. But if you can't steward what's in your hand, then you're at risk of losing even what's in your hand. And you and I both know it's easy to see it with money, isn't it? If you don't take care of your money, where's it at? I don't know. But if you're a steward with your money, you, you, then you, you can have financial strength and wealth. A lot of us are praying for wealth, but we, we, we're not working on stewardship. That's like wanting a future that you won't sow in. You can't have it. See, in order to be multiplied, you've got to be qualified. I said, in order to be multiplied, you have to be qualified. So, you know, Proverbs says that there's much wealth in the uncultivated ground of the poor. So standing, standing right on top of an incredible breakthrough in wealth, you know, a lot of times we spend our, a life of poverty, but we'll, and we're asking God to provide, and, and he has. It's just that we won't work. I haven't got to my notes yet. This stuff is really good, though, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, what, what is this all about? It's about the Word of God, and, and, and it's about getting it down in the fertile soil of your heart, guarding it and protecting it so it can produce the fruit it's supposed to in your life. And if the enemy can, you know, he'll come and he'll take the seed so it can't produce fruit. It's not the seed doesn't have the power. It's that it, it wasn't given the potential. Why? Because, because of a heart condition. Can I just tell you? 
Like you can fool everybody, but you ain't going to fool God. You ain't going to fool God. There were a bunch of Pharisees that came to Jesus one time to ask questions, and they weren't asking questions to get information. They were asking questions as if to, to make accusations and to, 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 in an attempt to prove that they, they didn't need to transition their way of living. They didn't need to make any changes. They're going to try to disprove that Jesus' lifestyle. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, you know, they ask these questions, and Jesus just begins to, to, to uncover their heart. And, and uh, Matthew uh, 15, uh, what verse, like 8, I love it in the message. It says, these people, this is Jesus talking, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. I wonder, you know, obviously you and I need to understand that uh, there have been moments in our life that we've made a big show, but our heart wasn't in it. Come on now, we're just, we're just you know, going to be real for a minute. It's, it's like, you know, it's not, every, it's not, it's not every day, 100% of the time, your heart's actually in it. But these guys had made a lifestyle out of that. And and they they had kind of been uh, you know they'd wandered off the the path and, or or wouldn't get on it. They said their heart was in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. You, you know they're 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 projecting an image, but it's a false one, right? That's not who they really are. And he said they just look at this. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits. Now, before we go any farther, you want to make sure that you're not using your Jesus t-shirt just as a cover to propagate your own message. I mean, I think, I think you and I need to be very, very careful that we don't push a message that's contrary to God's teaching from a platform erected visually, uh, you know, on a foundation of God. Like, like this is how a Christian lives. See, I think that when your neighbor looks at you, and, and it's like, like, like if he watches you and he sees that back, the blue sticker with the G on it on your car or something, he, you know, or he sees, you know, you, you got the really cool hat, not, not the black and gray one, but the black on black one, I mean, you know, and, and he figures out that you go to church here. And he figures out that, that you're a believer, but he watches you living a life that's not in alignment with God's word. The message that you're projecting. How many are glad there's only 14 minutes left? Okay. Yeah. It's like, hey, if we're going to do this thing, we, we need to make sure that we're not just using him as a cover to teach whatever suits our fancy. And he called the crowd together and said, listen, and take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes you because they were arguing about food and rules and regs. And he said, that's not the issue. It's what you vomit up. I love the, I love the message. It's like, like, like it's not even just what you say on a good day, but you know on the day that you're just sick of it, what do you vomit up on that day? Moving on. Later, the disciples came to him and said, did you know how upset the Pharisees were? Some of your translations say, did you, do you know that what you said offended? When, when they heard what you did, do you know you offended a bunch of people today? You have no idea how many times the boys have sat me down and said, do you know how many people you offended today? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be nice. But did, did, you, did you know how upset they were when they heard what you said? Look at verse 16. Jesus shrugged it off. He said, every tree that wasn't planted by my Father in heaven is going to be pulled up by the roots anyways. Forget them. Here's the phrase I want you to get. They're blind men leading blind men. See, when you can't see what you need to see, you can't go where you need to go, which means the people following you can't get there either. See, what about a blind guy that swears his sight is just fine? No, you're not seeing it. How many parents, and don't, you don't have to respond because I'm going to throw in spouses. How many parents, how many spouses, how many bosses, how many friends tried to show someone something, but they just couldn't see it? And it's like, no, you know, I, I don't even want to look at that because this is, the, you know, this is the way I see it. How many times have you used that statement? This is the way I see it. Well, the way I see it is that the love of God is going to cover all of that sin. And, and, and yeah, even though the Bible says we shouldn't do that, but you know that God's love, no, I'm telling you, the blind people shouldn't be leading. And, and the deal is, the deal is, is that God doesn't intend, I mean, he knows your heart and he knows when you can't see and you and I need to embrace the reality that not everything we see is correct. That's not a put down. You know, it's like in the Word of God when it says, my ways aren't your ways, neither are my thoughts, your thoughts. That's not a put down, it's an invitation up. See, and, and so it's like, man, we just need to be aware of something for just a minute that uh, we might need to double check our facts and make certain that, 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 that this is really God's point of view. Because when, when we decided, you know, we're, we're not in a democracy, like, you and I aren't going to have a meeting and vote and determine whether God's right or not. No, we're in a kingdom. And, 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 and uh, guess what? What he says goes. You know, and, and the deal is, even, even Mary, you know, when, when she was going to conceive and give birth to our Savior, she made this statement, according to thy word, be it unto me. What she basically said was, whatever you say, I'll agree with. That's our attitude. That's what we got to get to. Like, like, hey, whatever you say, I'm going with it, whether I see it that way or not. Uh, you know, I have decided, right? I, I like what David said, uh, and, and all through the Psalms in, uh, in the Amplified Bible, it really breaks the word down uh, well. But David said, I hear, I receive, I love, and I obey your word. He said over and over and over again, I hear, I receive, I love, and I obey your word. Now, here I receive, I love, and I obey. And it's like a, a progression, uh, like, like be careful what you hear, okay? Your understanding, your comprehension, first you got to hear it. You can't just listen to it. You actually got to hear it. You, you gotta, it's, uh, the Mark 4, 24 in the, in the Amplified said, it's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back. It's the level of thought and study that you hear that determines whether that word's going to have any power or not. See, because if you, if, if, if you just listen, that ain't good enough. You're, you're doing it wrong. You got, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. You got to say, okay, here, okay, now I'm beginning to understand uh, what, what he says. And, and in that process, you, you take a step towards receiving. Because now it's not uh, like I'm getting a word that I can use to beat my brother up with. No, I'm getting a word that God's using to grow me up with. 
right? So then, now, now I'm taking it, I'm receiving it. No, this is for my life. This is, this is God speaking into me, and I receive it, and it's, it's actually going to make me stronger. I, I, I don't necessarily like it. I don't, you know, it's like love thy neighbor. Wait a minute. Okay, God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press into that. I'm going to receive it because I need to be more like you, so I'm going to begin to love my neighbor. Now I'm receiving it, and, and, and that takes you another step, and now you're entering into a relationship with the Word of God, which, which David referred to as, as loving it, and, and that's actually in the Word. It's to hear, receive, and love. And can I just tell you something? That when you love somebody, it changes everything. It is one thing to sing it in a song, Jesus, I love you. But if you're not changing your lifestyle, you don't love him. You just put on a show. See, when, when Shelby and I were dating, uh, and, and, and there was great interest Okay, we're, we're at the, you know, go back with me a little ways, you know, like uh, 36, 37 years ago, there was interest. There, Shelby had interest for like 40 years. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I'll tell you the truth. You know, her brother Darren's here. He'll, he'll, he'll confirm it. But her and her mother used to stop me. Okay. And uh, you know what's true. And one time, we, I went into a Montgomery Ward store. That was Ward's, right? Was it Ward's or Sears? One of the two, one of those fine places. And I went into the store, and out of the corner of my eye, I could see Shelby and her mother. And of course, I, I was aware. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I saw them, and, and, they, were, and, they, and they, they stepped out of the main walkway into these clothing racks. And the, And, and they tracked me through the store. It was awesome. It's, it's like fish on. You know. <laughs> but but during, during, the, during, the, during the phase that there was intense attraction, right, and interest, there was things, that, though, that I did on a daily basis that are just part of who I was. But when we transitioned from interest to love, when I started loving her, those things I had to quit because she didn't like them. Amen. Amen. So they came to a threshold. It's like, do you want that? Yes. Then get rid of this. Well, do you want that? Yes. Then get rid of this. Because if you love her, it ain't about what you want. Now it's about what she wants. See, if you love him, it ain't about what you want. It's about what he wants. Because when it comes down to who wants what's best for the other, he's way better than I am. So I hear it, I receive it, I love it, so I obey it. See, and, and a lot of us are in, 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 you know, we're blind to the fact that we're, we're not actually in relationship with him yet. Not, not, not covenant, not commitment, right? It's more convenience. But we don't see it. We don't see it that way. We think we're insanely committed to Jesus unless he asks for an offering. Unless he wants me to forgive somebody who doesn't deserve it. Unless he wants me to invest my time at a place that I don't want to be. Unless he requires me to live a, 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 a to, you know, to take a path that I normally wouldn't take. 
Well, see, you got to ask yourself, you know, where's my vision at? How's my ability to actually see where I am with God? Because I'm supposed to be following him, not asking him to follow me. Now, I want my life to make a, different, a difference, but I have an attitude that's indifferent towards how he wants me to live my life. And it cuts my power source off. Dude, I'm already over. Can you listen super fast? Remember the source of the seed? The seed was the word of God, but some fell on hard ground. There's been moments that the word has come and it just fell on hard ground in your life. And the Bible says that when it falls on hard ground, immediately the enemy comes to steal it. And so, you, you know, there's been seed that's been planted into your life, but you didn't receive it. Why? Because you had a hard heart. You, 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 wouldn't, you, you, you didn't even hear it, let alone receive it, love it, and obey it. You had no intention of obeying it. Come on, we've all been there. Been in the service and, and, and the word of God comes or been in, a, been in a conversation and somebody speaks the word, but we, we don't like that. We don't like that. You know, you know, it's like sex outside of marriage is, is contrary to God's way of doing life. <laughs> Ain't no big deal. Really? Because see, if the enemy can find, that might be, you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, that's right. That is right. You know, sex outside of marriage is wrong. Yeah, but what about the area that you're weak in? Because there's always one. Man, I'm telling you, we look at the four different soils, and it's, it's like we think four different you know, individuals. No, it's four different areas of your heart. Because not every area of your heart is wide open to God. There's some areas that are hard, and, and it's not even difficult for the enemy to take the seed. He just takes it. And, and then, what, what was that next part? The, you know, the, uh, the stony ground. The stony ground. And, and it says uh, the, the, the stony ground comes, and, uh, but, but then, you know, the wind blows and, and the fowls of the air come, and stuff just comes and picks at it, and it's not long until it's gone. And then there's that. Then there's the thorny ground. Remember the thorny ground? Thorny ground. This one's crazy. It says that they hear the word and receive it with gladness. Yes, that was awesome. But then they're offended before they get to the parking lot. They're offended because somebody says something to them, and it's like, hey, I'd stand on this, but people are looking at me funny. People are treating me different. I don't, I don't I, you know, I'd, I'd take a stand for God, but it's too hard. And so we'd become offended on account of the word itself. And you and I both know the easiest people to offend in Tri-Cities, Washington, are all gathered together in church buildings all over the city right now. The easiest people in the world to offend are a bunch of Jesus people. Why? Well, because we don't see it right. Why don't we see it right? Well, because we're blind. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has called me and empowered me to, to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the wounds of those that are suffering, and to open the eyes of the blind. He's not, you know, he didn't mean he's going to have a healing ministry opening blind eyes. Of course he can do that. But he was talking about you and me being in a position that we can't see what we need to see. And he said, here's what the anointing is going to do. It's going to enlighten the eyes of your understanding that you might know the hope to which you've been called. It's going to be so that you can walk not in the darkness, but in the light as he is in the light. He has no greater joy than to know that his children are walking in the light, in the enlightenment. It's like, hey, if you'll ask him today, he can open up your blind eyes. He gives sight to the blind. I said he gives sight to the blind. 
And see, you won't have to worry about the worries of life and the deceitfulness of riches and the, and, the, and the desires for other things choking the word to the point that it can't produce in your life. Why? Because you'll be able to see. So what do we do about a heart that isn't really connected the way it should be? There's only one, there's only one way to handle it. Repent. See, if you can't admit it, you're going to have a hard time quitting it. It's hard to quit what, you're, what you refuse to admit. So you have to just say, okay, God, areas of my life, I've lived off of the way I see it instead of seeking the way you see it. And for that, I just need to say, forgive me. I just, I just need to be forgiven. And you want to know what's cool? Is that he says that if we confess, he is able and just to forgive and to cleanse us every single time. It's, it's like, you understand how, how desperately hell doesn't want you to, to have the revelation that you may be seeing things wrong, but God can open your eyes. God can just open your eyes. And all of a sudden, now I can see what I couldn't see before, which means I can go where I couldn't get before, which means I can take hold of what I couldn't reach before, which means I can accomplish what I couldn't even start before. My life can make a difference. Hello? Let, Let me pray for you. Close your book, bow your head. Father, today, in this room right here, right now, God, I just pray for people that will have a heart that just allows you in. God, that we would, that we would just admit it and quit it. That we just say, okay, God, open thou mine eyes. Show me the great mysteries out of your law that I haven't been able to see. God, let, let me see where I'm living life my way, not your way. I want to seek first your way of doing, your way of being right. God, I, I don't want to be deceived by my own blindness anymore. Father, forgive me. Give me sight. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're all going to pray one more prayer together. Maybe you've never actually been able to see your need for Jesus. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you saw it at one point, but you just reached a point that you, you just didn't see your need for him anymore. And, and you know, maybe in church what we might call the sinner's prayer, maybe you've never prayed it. Maybe you've prayed it a hundred times. That's not the question today. Here's the question. Is this the moment you need to come to Jesus and say, okay, I give you my life, my heart. I want you to change me. I want my life to change the world, but before I can change anything, I must be changed myself. If that's you today, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm not going to call you forward, but if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm going to make that prayer my prayer. I want to get real with God because I need God to be real with me. If that's you, well, right now, we're just going to pray together, but I want you to stand to your feet and just say, agree with me, agree with me, and make this, my, make this your prayer. Just stand to your feet right now as we get ready to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. I'm telling you, God, God's, in the, God's in, the, in the restoration business. He's, he, he's not trying to entertain the masses. He's trying to heal the hurting. If you take a stand, it, well, man, do I need to stand? If you can't stand in here, you're never going to stand out there. You just stand to your feet. Thank you. You stand to your feet and say, today, God, I give you my life. Thank you. So awesome. I'm telling you, God's working in hearts, and he's wanting to thank you. He's wanting to show you things so he can take you places.
Man, he's wanting to show you how the enemy's tried to stand against you, and he's just using blindness. Come on, just let him open your eyes today. Everybody in this room, just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So come into my life and change me. I receive your love. I receive acceptance. I receive forgiveness right here, right now. Say, thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God a shout of praise.